And please sit down. Got in the, can we have something? <laughs> Got two scriptures I want to, to read this morning. Firstly from Isaiah 9, a couple of verses from Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Very well known verses. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And then I want to go over to the Acts of the Apostles and read the first 11 verses of Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through his Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their presence, from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I want to look this morning at the, the two, two advents. The first advent and the second advent. And I want to ask you a question to begin with. What are you looking forward to? What are you most looking forward to at this moment in time? Some of you might say Christmas, some of you might not say Christmas. But what are you, what are you looking forward to? Whatever it is, there is nothing more important for you to look forward to than the return of Christ. The second coming. The parousia 
We live between the two great events in history. The first advent and the second advent. The advent, of course, means coming. The first advent was when Jesus came as a baby. The second advent was when he will return. First time he came, he came born of a virgin and came among us. The next time he comes, he will return to this planet in glory. The first coming of Christ was predicted many times in detail in his word. And every one of those predictions was fulfilled exactly. The second coming of Christ is predicted in his word in great detail. And we can be sure that every one of those details will be fulfilled. Christ is coming again. It's not a something which people in this nation would be, would be aware of. But Christ is coming again. He is coming again. And today I want to look back to the first advent and look forward to the second advent. We look back the first time Jesus came, it was the turning point of history. Our calendar's fixed. 2021 AD, Anno Domini, year of our Lord. They're trying to airbrush Jesus out and make it ACE now and do all sorts of other things. But actually, it's, it was the turning point of history, come what may. And what was it all about? Well, probably the best known verse in the Bible is John 3.16 and I suspect that most of you will be able to recite it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have life everlasting, life eternal. Let's hold it there. We know that verse so well that perhaps we don't know it. What does that verse say? God the Father gave his Son. And God the Son gave his life for you. you. There's some report I read this week that research in America said that more than half of evangelical Christians don't believe that you need faith to get to heaven. Evangelical Christians they presumably just think we just drift in 
It doesn't matter about what we've done or what we haven't done. And, and this is, these are Christians, which is just a complete rejection of the scripture and of the gospel. The only way is to believe and to accept. No other way. And I want to ask you, do you believe? You might have been coming to this church for many years, or you might be more recently attending, but do you believe that God the Father gave his Son, and God the Son gave his life for you? If you don't, today can be the day when you cross over from darkness to light. And when you make that most important decision that anyone can ever make. To be born again. To be forgiven, cleansed. To have God send his spirit to live in you so that you can live this life differently. If you want to do that, at the end of the service, come forward and someone, one of the leaders will pray for you. Someone will pray for you. And a miracle will happen. Because a miracle always happens when we call upon the Lord and ask for forgiveness. We look forward. The next time Jesus comes, he will come to wind up history. One of the verses we've just read. This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He will come back in the same way, but there will be a difference. And here's the difference. From 1 Thessalonians 4.16 for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Do you know, that verse has been described as the noisiest verse in the Bible. The Lord giving a loud command. The archangel shouting, the trumpet sounding and the dead rising. Hasten the day. The noisiest verse in the Bible and it's going to happen. And we will be there. We look back. The first time Jesus came, he came in weakness. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What an extraordinary baby to have those names. What an extraordinary baby, what an extraordinary child. Unknown, unseen and unpredicted. Let me tell you something. In 2019, 
three and a half million people went to Bethlehem during the Christmas period to be in the place where the Lord was born. Three and a half million people. This year there'll be very few because of the pandemic. Three and a half million people going to the birthplace of someone who has been dead for 2,000 years, but he's been alive. First time I went there, I had a spiritual experience in the Church of Nativity, and there's just something about going there. Three and a half million people. We look forward. The second time Jesus will come, he will come in power and it will be the most public event in history. We're told that every eye will see him. Everyone will see him. No one will miss out. And in Thessalonians again it says, May the, After the dead rise, we who are still alive will be caught up together with the dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord for every, forever. Every believer will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The dead first, the living next. We're all going to be flying. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. We had a, I met a man called Charles Caron some years ago. Uh, I was at a conference and... Uh, he was speaking at Westminster Chapel and R.T. Kendall had invited him to come and R.T. Kendall introduced him and he said, this man has got the most powerful ministry that I've ever come across. And it certainly was powerful and I decided that I would write to Charles Curran and invite him to our little church in Rygate. And I wrote to him and I told him that we had a couple of hundred people and that I'd been at the conference and God had touched me very powerfully. And, uh, and I said, and I'd just like to invite you to come. I said, I realised that you would normally be speaking to thousands of people. And he wrote back to me and he said, numbers have got nothing to do with where I go. I go where the Lord told me to go, tells me to go. And he said, I'll come. So it was... Uh, Charles Caron turned up at, at Rygate and his ministry made a real impact. We had a, we had a joint service in the parish church, actually. St Mary's Parish Church in Rygate is quite a big building and it's, uh, we were packed out. And Charles Caron ministered on the, on the cross of Jesus Christ. And at the end of the service there was ministry and I think the whole the power of God came into that place and people were laying on the ground meeting with the Lord being filled with the Spirit it was just like it should be in church and but my lasting memory of Charles Caron was I took him to Gatwick Airport to, for him to go home Charles Caron's uh, not a very tall man probably 5'6", five, 5'7", five, he's actually a North American Indian, I can't remember which <coughs> tribe but this uh, tribe, um, I don't know whether it's all the North American Indians, but this tribe certainly, that they, their hair doesn't go grey. 
I've been trying to join that tribe. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles Caron, uh, he, he, he got no grey hair at all and he's quite a short guy. And the last memory of him I saw him, he was just going through, uh, th through the, um, to the plane. And he turned around, he looked at me, he said, John, I see you here, there, or in the air. <laughs> and he went. And I thought, hallelujah, that's true. Here, there, or in the air. We look back, just a few people were prepared the first time Jesus came. Joseph and Mary, shepherds, wise men, Simeon, Anna, just a few people. Majority of people didn't have a clue. We look forward. And the question I want to ask you is, will you be prepared? Are you prepared for the return of Jesus Christ? What most influences your life at this moment in time? Is it the temporary? Is it the trivial? Is it the trials you're going through? Or have you got that, that sense that every day that we go through is a day nearer the return of our Lord? A day when you will be with the Lord forever. A day when you will experience no more tears, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. We should live with that sense that as we go through this life, often dealing with all sorts of problems and demands and being aware of our own impotence in dealing with life often, that the day will come when all will be well, that we will be with the Lord and we will be like the Lord. The last prayer in the Bible, three words in English, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. I was thinking of a, a song. Sarah said, uh, was there a song that I'd like to finish off with? And the song that I nearly chose, and I wasn't sure whether you know, it was Great is the Darkness that Covers the Earth. Because it's, come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, pour out your spirit, we pray. I want to live my life for the Lord until the day he comes. There's nothing better than to follow the Lord, to be with the Lord, to serve the Lord. And in this church, this Christmas, as you reach out to the community, my prayer is that you will know the joy of the Lord and there'll be encouragement that God's saying, well done, well done. Look out, not look in, look out. Reach out. And don't be reluctant to speak to your neighbours about the Lord. You don't have to be a theologian. You've just got a, a, you've got a story. 
and invite them to church, you might be surprised that they might come. And wouldn't it be wonderful if come January we're able to say that people came to faith here? Or God touched people. And he's able to and he's ready to. Look back and give thanks. Look forward and rejoice. Because the Lord is coming again. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we know the end of the story. And we pray, Lord, that we will never forget the end of the story and we will live looking forward to the end of the story and keeping in step with your spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And to you and you alone be the glory, for we ask it in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Let's stand and let's worship the coming King.